Survivor fans, we are not just surviving, we are thriving with the power of nutrition. Let's talk about wonderful pistachios, a snack that's not only delicious, but also a protein powerhouse. When I was on that island, I would give anything for a snack to keep my energy levels up. Well, did you know wonderful pistachios are one of the highest protein nuts out there? Each one ounce serving gives you six grams of protein, delivering over 10% of your daily value. Whether you're a hardcore survivor or just need a boost during your day, wonderful pistachios are the perfect personal protein stash ready to go whenever hunger strikes. So whether you're cracking open each nut one by one or enjoying the convenience of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Outwit, outplay, outsnack with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join three and a half million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Survivor. Go to Indeed.com slash Survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to On Fire with Jeff Probst. That's me, and this is the only podcast that takes you inside the making of Survivor from the producer's point of view. I'm the host and showrunner of Survivor, and each week I'm joined by two other television producers. We have Brittany Crapper, supervising producer on Survivor. Hello. And Jay Wolf, who doesn't work on Survivor but is a TV producer and the producer of this podcast. Hey there. So each week we use the latest episode of Survivor 44 as a jumping off point to take you behind the scenes into how we make this show and why we do the things we do on the show. Today's featured topic, we're going to do a deep dive inside the world of casting. How do we choose the people who appear on the show? What are we looking for? And how do we ensure that we're getting it? But first, shall we take a moment and take a look inside episode three of Survivor 44? Yeah. Let's do it. What was interesting about this episode in relation to today's deep dive is it really did highlight the types of players that we want on the show. And it's a good example that when you have a good game design and the right players, you can create moments that turn the story. And that's what we saw in episode three. Yeah, this episode was packed. We had two fake idols found. One from the cage with Danny and then the new fake idol invented by Matthew. Lots of gameplay starting across the tribes and a really fun challenge that led to Soka's first tribal council. Yeah, I had a couple of questions about what happened. The first thing that I noticed was during the immunity challenge, Claire didn't sit out and I watched you call out to her and say, Claire, you sure you don't, you haven't run an immunity <laughs> right. challenge before. Are you mm. sure you want to do this? And then later we watched her get voted out. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I ask a lot of questions that don't, 
end up in the episode because they don't go anywhere. But that's kind of my job is just to say the obvious. I always think that I'm the audience. So the audience at that point is going, wow, she's not going to run again? Because clearly your tribe is okay with you not participating in the challenge, which you could put an equal sign next to, which they're saying, we think we have a better chance of winning without you. Well, that's not good. (laughs) That doesn't mean that she isn't contributing at camp or have a strong alliance, but I'm just saying in terms of one factor of the show, you're not participating. And then it happened to be that maybe that played a part in why she got voted out. But I ask those questions all the time. The other piece of it that was a little confusing to me was that in the past, I've heard you say you're not allowed to sit out in back-to-back challenges. Right. And you didn't say that here. So I was yeah. curious what was I'm going so on. I'm so glad you brought this up because you, you were actually hitting on something that we need to figure out. And that is, in the old days of Survivor, we used to have two challenges in most episodes, back before we had twists and advantages. <laughs> and the rule was you can't sit out in back-to-back challenges. And what that meant was if you sit out of the reward challenge, you must participate in the immunity challenge. And that was designed to force the tribe to figure out where do you want your weak player in the reward where you might get food or in immunity where you get protection in this newer era we sometimes only have one challenge. So that rule doesn't really have the same bite. And Mm. therefore, Claire has been able or was able to sit out of several challenges. And I do think it's something that we do need to put on our whiteboard, Brittany. And we need to examine if maybe we just change that because it does need to be updated. Once again, modifying, adapting, (laughs) updating all the time. Thanks, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) You got got it. Uh, I had another question this one, we get a lot to the survivor shout out at cbs.com email address. Um, so I thought I'd ask during this immunity challenge, there was a little bit of cheating. And a lot of people have asked, why don't you put up puzzle dividers between right. the tribes? Well, we do. We sometimes put up blinders. Sometimes we'll give you a cloth to cover your answer from the other tribe. And sometimes we don't. Lots of times it's logistical. It's just too big. You know, you can't pull it off. But sometimes it's also creative. And as you saw last season, early on, two tribes ganged up on one tribe and they were helping them. They were literally yelling, put that piece here, put that piece there. So the big guiding philosophy is we we try to have as few rules as possible on Survivor. We try to let them create their own society. And I know that sounds heady, (laughs) but that is how we look at it. So in this world, if you're going to cheat... You might get away with it. There might be payback. Somebody might notice and want to align with you because you cheated. It's your world. What do you want to do with it? Right. We want to have this like limitless approach for them to create and play the game exactly how they want to. Mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted to point out was that I was right. And that's... Oh, res- were you? Yes, I was, with respect <laughs> to Danny, because he is, in oh, fact, wow. baby Tony. You're yes. right. We saw it. Yes. You know, you're right. I didn't see that. You picked up on something out of the gate with Danny that you likened him to Tony, and you're right. He's he's scrambling around in the jungle trying to make <laughs> things happen. And- I got to say, he's probably going to join Cops R.S., All right, I'm ready to get into our featured topic. It is Survivor Casting. How do we know what we're getting when we choose a player to be on the show? That's next. This is On Fire with Jeff Brooks.
Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join three and a half million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com survivor. Go to Indeed.com survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Listen, wearing the same clothes for 26 days straight on Survivor really made me realize the importance of buying high-quality, long-lasting clothes. That's why I love Quince. They have timeless, well-made pieces that last for years and don't go out of style. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. Buying pieces from Quince means that I don't have to keep buying new clothes every year which is better for my wallet and the environment. I recently got a super chic Italian leather tote from Quince and I'm loving how it looks. The best part about Quince is that by partnering directly with top factories, they're able to keep prices super affordable. I'm talking 50 to 80% cheaper than similar brands. And the other best part is that Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I love that. Upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com survivor for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash survivor to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com survivor. Welcome back to On Fire with Jeff Probst. Okay, in our first episode, we talked about what does it take from our entire production team to get the show ready for day one. Then last week in our second episode, we looked at one big aspect of our game design, the how and the why of idols and advantages. This episode, we're taking a deep dive into casting. How does our casting process work? Why do we do it the way we do it? And how do we ensure that we get the kind of players we want? Okay, so let me start you off with a softball. What are you looking for? Well, okay, if you go back historically, in the beginning of reality casting, if people were put in a box, and we were a part of that. You were the alpha male or the single bombshell, or you were the nerd. And that made it easier to apply from the standpoint, you could just create a persona of what you thought we wanted. And I'll admit, oftentimes it would get you on the show. But Survivor casting has evolved so much, there is no box anymore. All we want is for you to be you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So what are we looking for? I'll give you the four bullet points we're going to discuss. Drive. Do you really want this? Compelling. What's your story? Can you tell it? authenticity. There's nothing else to say. You either are or you aren't. And our job is to, is to find out which is the case. And then the fourth thing is, are you going to play the game? This is human poker and we want people who know how to play and are willing to play. So casting begins with our casting director. And in 23 years of Survivor, we have only had two 
Lynn Spillman was the first. She is the pioneer. She Lynn is in the casting hall of fame. She was here, like she was already running casting when I started. So how long had she been there? She did it 19 years. 19. 38 wow. seasons. Her process laid the foundation, not just for Survivor, but lots of unscripted shows. And like I said, she is, I mean, if you're a casting person in this genre, you know Lynn Spillman because she's the first face on Mount, you know, <laughs> Mount Rushmore of casting. And you think of all the iconic names that she found, Richard and Rudy and Sue and Colby and Colleen and Sari and then people like Coach and Rupert and Sandra and Boston. That's all Lynn and her team. But that was all led by Lynn. And then Jesse Tannenbaum took over and he also does Amazing Race and Big Brother. And he updated our process because we'd been doing this the same way for a long time. He made it cleaner, faster, more personal. It's definitely very current. So what makes a good casting producer? Well, I'll just speak about Jesse. Uh, what makes Jesse great is, number one, he loves Survivor, and he understands this genre. In fact, when he started in casting, he wanted to work on Survivor. Now he runs casting for Survivor, so he's invested. He wants mm. to find great people. The other thing about Jesse is he's very in touch with his emotions, which I can't emphasize enough how important that is because not all casting producers are. And what that allows is Jesse can get at the core of somebody very quickly because he's willing to be open as well. So he's asking them to share a lot, deep insecurities and past traumas and wild stories, but it's quid pro quo. So this is not a, a one-sided relationship. When our casting team invests in somebody, they invest in them. They care about them. They want them to do well. And the more time the players spend, the more comfortable they get being themselves and trusting that we're on their side. I'll tell you how much faith we have in Jesse and his casting team, because this is the single most important decision we make in any season. If for some reason, myself or Matt or Hudson Smith, the people who were involved in the very early stages of casting, for some reason, for whatever reason, we couldn't do it. We couldn't meet anybody. And we said, Jesse, we're heading to Fiji. Send us a cast. I'm 100% confident that they would send us a cast. that would be great. So I feel like it's just a luxury that they let us in on the process because they are really, really good at what they do. All right, let's get into it. So let's go with step one, which I mentioned is drive. People who want to be on the show will move mountains. That seems pretty obvious. Exactly. And yet, Jay, I meet people all the time who stop me and say, really want to be on Survivor. And I'll say, have you applied? No. What? <laughs> and it's it seems so funny, but they'll they're super fans and they go, I really I think I do really well. My wife says I can do it. My friends all tell me that's fine. My work will give me time off, but you didn't apply. We want people who want Survivor as much as they want their next breath. That's what we're looking for. Right. So you have to apply. It's cbssurvivorcasting.com. And when you go there, it's pretty easy. Jesse even has a video of himself telling you what we're looking for, which is really simple. We just want to see who you are. Just make a little video. And they go through every video. They start, you know, in August and they, they go all the way through March looking for people to be on Survivor. And if we call you, pick up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, Does that happen? Duh. They don't? <laughs> It is amazing that first impression when people say, so sorry, it took me a week to get back to you. Forget about it. Right. We've moved on. We're not waiting a week. We feel like we have something you want. 
and you have something we need, but it has to be reciprocal. That need has to be equal on both sides. And if you're not as desperate for us as we are for you, it's never going to work. All right. So that's the first easy step. You got to want it. The second step now we're starting to get into it is, are you compelling, which everyone thinks they Mm -hmm. are, of course, can you tell a story? And so in that phase, what happens is we now meet them, myself, Hudson Smith, and, and Matt Van Wagen, over FaceTime, and we talk to them. So have you FaceTimed like 10,000 contestants at this point? <laughs> no, this is Jesse Tannenbaum's idea. This, was a new, this is a new thing we do now. Oh. We used to, Lynn would fly everybody to LA, and we would meet them for the first time in LA. And that was exciting, but there'd be people you're like, yeah, that'll never work. Well, now we figured out we can change that process and figure that part of it out over FaceTime so that the people we're flying to LA are only people that we really want to meet. So, and I don't do it with Hudson and Matt. They do it on their own. I just sit here in my house. Oh, I didn't realize that. I always thought that the three of you did it together. It's just a one-on-one FaceTime. Just one-on-one. Wow. And I have my own way of, you know, I, I don't really... I don't really want to talk about what we talk about, but I will say we talk about nothing. There, this is not a job interview. I just get a cup of coffee, turn on FaceTime, dial a number, and see who's on the other end. And we just talk for 10 minutes. That's it. I remember I had an intro FaceTime with you and I was applying to be the producer of this. And it did kind of feel like that. We kind of just chatted for 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, we just started working. Yeah, that's Well, you know what's funny about that is I don't think I've ever said this to you, but... Brittany, so I was introduced to Jay. I said, we have a producer we think would be great. Mm. Like he said, we did 10 minutes. And I said, okay, so we got to figure out the format of this thing. (laughs) And then I realized afterwards, I didn't even ask CBS if they were really okay with Jay being the producer because I've already essentially hired him. I've moved (laughs) on. We're we're into episode one right now. Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) But you know what's happening there? is you're making an impression. And and the reason authenticity, which is the next stage, is so important is that this impression has to be consistent. Mm. We're looking to see who you are. We don't care who you are. We just want to know who you are. So that's what's happening when I'm jumping on a FaceTime or Matt and Hudson are on the FaceTime. It's not a test. We're not trying to trick you. It's not a fail or pass grade. It's just, let's just shoot the breeze together. That's really it. And that leads into, I think the biggest part of this is, are you authentic? Because authenticity is what connects the audience to a player. Every player you've ever loved has one thing in common. They're authentically true to who they are, whether it's coach or Sari or, you know, whoever. So it doesn't matter. You just got to trust that who you are is who you should be. Yeah, and that's a, that's a lot easier said than done, but you just have to trust that you're the best version of you. And do you see that on the beach when somebody settles into an interview that you can tell that they are comfortable in their skin, they're comfortable with oh, their yeah. point of view? Yeah, for sure. Which is, you know, I think is an inspiring thing to be. I think we all try to be the, you know, most authentic versions of ourselves, but when you're in situations like Survivor that aren't, you know, you're stripped down and you really have no option but to be yourself and then you're being yourself and it's going so great, like that has to be liberating. Mm. What about the people who aren't being truthful on the beach though? Like what's the distinction there? You mean in gameplay? Yeah, exactly. Well, in gameplay, that's fine. That's part of 
our job to figure out if you are, if you're a duplicitous player, that's great. If you're somebody that has a vow that you will not lie, that's also okay. So what you're doing with the other players is who you are. We're just talking about who are you. Got it. We don't care who you are. We just want to know who are you. Does this feel like a circular thing? Because it doesn't to me. It feels very clear to me that it's scary to trust that you are enough, which is why look at social media. We right. put up these displays of who we want to be. Right. It's not who we are. On Survivor, we're going to strip you to your core. Yeah. Just be who you are. And this is where our psychology team comes into play. We do, Jay, very deep dives with <laughs> our players to make sure we know what we're getting. And our psych team is run by Dr. Liza Siegel, another pioneer who really has become the, the go-to in terms of the kinds of testing that we do to help us find the type of players that we want. She started in season three and she's been with us since. And these tests are designed to learn about your behavior. Like a lot of people might've heard of the Myers-Briggs test. It's a very well-known test. It's not one that we use, but we use tests like that. So you've used the same test since season one of Survivor. Well, we've added different tests over the years, but we've used the same testing process. But that hasn't changed, but Dr. Liza has definitely evolved it. It's more nuanced, but we're really just painting a distinctive picture of an individual. Who are you? How do you operate? What makes you tick? You know, like the qualities of somebody. Are you flexible and resilient? Are you a problem solver? How are you with interpersonal skills? How are you going to be in new relationships with groups and strangers? How will you fare out in the jungle, living in the, you know, in the wild on Survivor? These are all the things that we're looking for. And one thing worth mentioning is it's a collaborative process. You don't just take a test and we get the results. You discuss it with the psychologist. We also have two others, Dr. Veronica and Dr. Rian. So they will sit with you and discuss your life. It's a, it's a very deep dive into who you are. And it's extremely personal and very revealing, I think, to the player when they go through this. I did not realize that it was that in-depth. That's like, that's intense for the person going through it. It I mean, is. I wouldn't and, want to subject myself to that. Well, you might, maybe you wouldn't, but what's cool about it is it's void of judgment because right. you're not qualifying for a specific kind of job. We just want to know who you are. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep saying that so that people can right. trust it. And in fact, lots of times players will say to our psychology team that they feel heard or understood for who they really are and not just what they show the world. So the right or wrong doesn't play into it. It's just, this is who I am. This is what I think about. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what I'm into. That's all good stuff. You ever sit down and take these tests yourself, Jeff? I have. Oh, wow. I have. I've taken the IQ really? test as well, which is <laughs> as fraught. Shall we the read the results on air? <laughs> uh, no, I'd be okay with the IQ test. I would not say it, but I was. I took it once and I was like, oh, I'm taking that score and I'm never taking it again. <laughs> but I, I have taken a, this one test in particular with Dr. Liza about 15 years ago. And it was really interesting to, to what I said earlier. It was so accurate. I couldn't believe I was being seen wow. for who I really was. <laughs> what was funny was over the next period of years, I was in therapy. I was working on myself. I want to become a better human. I said, hey, Liza, I've been doing a lot of work on myself. I was thinking, why don't I take that test again? And let's just see what it says this time. 
So I take the test again and I go, so? And she goes, same result. <laughs> and she said, you know, the thing about these tests are your core doesn't change, but that doesn't mean your behavior, how you see the world, how you interact with, that can all change. But this is testing just your core, which is why you can't really fake it during our testing process. The tests are designed to figure out who you are. Well, I'm inspired. Maybe I should take one of those tests. Dr. Liza. All right. Fourth step. Do you understand the game and are you a player? These tests also reveal that. If you're going to play, how you're going to play, are you someone who influences or are you somebody who's easily influenced? We don't care which one. We just want to have an idea what we're getting. Okay, so let me pitch you an idea. Survivor, fans versus fools. Half know how to play, half have yeah. never watched the show before. I And this pitch comes up a lot. Why do... Why does the player today have to know the game? Why do they have to be a super fan? Again, I'm not saying it wouldn't work the other way, but we talk about it a lot. And here's where we settled is that Survivor is a game. The closest analogy might be poker. So it's human poker. And if you think about playing poker, if you're watching a table of great poker players and one person doesn't know how to play poker, it's not going to make it more interesting. It's going to jam up the people who know how to play because gameplay has a flow. And if you study game design theory, it does. Players are making moves based on assumption that other players are also making moves, their best move. So that's what guides us. We're, we're, again, it's just our approach. But right now, we like people who know how to play and want to play and come out of the gate ready to play. Then the final test is, we meet you in person. So we feel that you have the drive, you're compelling, you're authentic, and you're going to play. But now we just want to test it one last time. And players can't believe that we need another time with them, you know, another interview. But this is the final test. Brittany's been there. Set the, set the, set the stage. Oh, yeah. This is, this is my favorite. But for them... Crazy intimidating. So we're at a hotel room and there's about, I don't know, a dozen, dozen and a half producers. We sit like on a couch, some behind in chairs and then some standing above. And then there's one single chair just <laughs> oh facing all of us no on pressure. the other side of the room. Yes, it is. It is. does feel like a lot of pressure, but we're aware of that. And we do everything we can to make them feel comfortable. But you can tell when they walk in the room. And it doesn't mean you have to walk in with bravado. Some people walk in, they're shouting. Some people walk in very quiet and confident. Mm -hmm. Again, there's doesn't matter, but you can tell if they're intimidated. And the reason that matters to us is the clear analogy to this is what it's like when you step onto a beach with five or six or nine people that you don't know. How will you integrate this group? Are you somebody that's willing to walk up and say hello, or do you need people to say hello to you? And so that's what we're looking for. Did it all come together? Is the drive there? Are you compelling? Are you able to tell your story? Do you seem authentic? And do you know this game? And if so, you're going to be on Survivor. And if not, and it happens, people fail in the room, it's heartbreaking. Mm. We try to help them. We, we, we do. We, we do a good job of like, or at least I think so. But like, we try to make them feel absolutely comfortable. Like we make them like, we're just here to talk to you. We just want to get to know you. Like, take your shoes off, sit back in your chair, Jay, you know, we'll even, have some was, tea. Can I get you something? Yeah, we'll even say, let's all have a beer. 
Bill's nervous. Let's all crack a beer, get the Modellos. Let's go. We'll all drink a beer. We are their biggest fans. We want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean everyone does. And when they see it happening in themselves, it's, it's tough because they realize I'm, I'm panicking. I'm fading. I'm not, I don't know what's happening. It's okay. Maybe you're not ready. Right. But Maybe you'll be people, ready next year. It's the year. people that, I notice it on their faces when it's happening, but then it's the people that speak up and say, I'm sorry, this is not the best me. I'm feeling yes. really nervous. Yes. I just, I want you to get to know me. Like they embrace those nerves and they use them, you know, to start showing us, oh, okay. Like I can see who she is now and don't shy away from it. Yeah. And you can pull it out. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You just got to be all the things we just said. Yeah. Yourself. Do you, do you think there are differences in what the two of you are looking for with respect to these mm. people coming into uh, casting? I'm sure. Question. I mean, me personally, I'm looking at what they would be like if I was interviewing them. Like, are they, you know, as I'm getting to know their story, I'm taking notes on whether or not they're good at telling their story. Mm. And I'm looking... For one simple thing, do I want to talk to you at tribal council? I mean, that's sort of my go-to. Because if I want to talk to you at tribal, then everything else is going to be good. If I'm not sure I want to ask you a question at tribal, then I might put a little pin in whether I think you should be on the show. Mm -hmm. But that rarely happens. Honestly, our, I can't say it enough. Our casting team is amazing. In fact, they're so good that we have a thing called fall on the sword. Sounds and, like an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Start with the name, baby. Fall on the sword. <laughs> Coming to you, season 45. Okay, and if so, I'll take credit for it okay, in a future yours. podcast. It's all yours. <laughs> um, fall on the sword is, even if somebody fails in the room, if one of our casting producers, we have a great team, tight team, they know these people, if they stand up and say, I'll fall on the sword for that person, then whatever happened in the room is out the window and that person's on the show. That's how much faith we have, but that's also how much of a team it is. You know them better than we do. And it's happened where, you know, Penny Clifton will stand up and say, I know they failed, fallen on the sword. They got to be on the show. Great. What season? It's just that simple. Wow. So to say it one more time, the takeaway from this is you have to be who you are. I'll give you, here's the, okay, here's the example of my own career. This may make sense and seem relatable, may seem crazy, but I've always approached my career this way. If I'm the right person for the job, there is nobody else. And if there's anybody else for this job, then I'm not the right person. So that gives me the permission and the freedom to be me. Mm -hmm. I'm either right for you or I'm not. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know that. But if I'm your cup of tea, then let's have some tea together. <laughs> because I, honestly, when I heard Mark Burnett pitching Survivor. I was driving on the 405 mm -hmm. and I heard this Brit or this Australian. I couldn't tell. And he goes, oh, we've got this idea. We're going to put 16 people on an island, force them to live together and vote each other out. It's called Survivor. And in that moment, I thought, this is the show I've been waiting for because I had been turning down jobs because they just weren't in it. They were dating shows and things I just couldn't sink my teeth into. And I heard this idea and I thought that is a social experiment to abandon people and force them to form a world and then eat each other, <laughs> kill each other. <laughs> and I even went down a list in my head, like of every host, every person, every sports personality. I only came up with one other person I thought they might be interested in. And it was this guy, Phil Kogan, <laughs> who now hosts Amazing Race and Tough as Nails, which he also created. Phil and I knew each other. We'd worked together in New York and we were friends. 
So I get a meeting with Mark Burnett. That was just such a cool thing. We talked for two hours. He talked for one hour and 54 minutes of it. <laughs> and on the way out, I said, he said, well, is there anything you want to say? And I said, yes, I, I, am, I am a student of the human condition. I'm a writer. I've been in therapy. I get this show. And he said, yeah, very nice to meet you. <laughs> really? That's it? So I don't hear anything for months. And I started to second guess. Maybe I was just way off on this. And then I get a call and they say, it's you and one other guy Friday for Survivor. And I walk in and the other guy is Phil Kogan. <laughs> <laughs> no and way. so I only tell that story to say that you got to believe. And I believed. I really believed I was the right person for the show. And fortunately, Mark Burnett agreed. And my whole <laughs> life changed. <laughs> Question for both of you. Do you know when you've met a star? 100%. Oh, yeah. First, I remember Coach. You're walking. talking about me. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Coach walking in the room in a kimono with painted toenails and toe rings. And your first question is, really? And then you find out, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Makes sense. I remember Christian Hubicki. Oh, I love Christian. Christian walking in the room and you're like, does he really talk like this all the time? Yep. Yeah, he's amazing. Marianne, uh, is she really this charming and this delightful and all the time? Yep. <laughs> All of them compelling, vulnerable, authentic. Mm. They knew how to play the game and all that other stuff. Right. I remember meeting Jesse oh, for, wow. for the first time. And it was long before he was actually on the show. And I spent the entire, I think maybe two years he was in casting being like, when is he on the show? Same. When is he on the show? I just, I knew instantly. I was like, I love him and he's going to be amazing. Yeah, he was. I actually, I thought it might be helpful to, I brought in some notes, my original notes from a few players from this season, just so that as you're listening and you're watching these players on the show, here was my first impression of them. Sound interesting? Yeah. Amazing. I'm in. Okay. I'll start with Carson. From our 10-minute FaceTime call, I, I wrote down, earnest, real, present, very eager, very likable. He's a people pleaser. He's also inclusive. Then I wrote, he has all these great human qualities. And then... Car Wait, I'm sorry. You got all of that from a 10-minute FaceTime call? These are literally the words I wrote down. Yes. What? I'm going through there like, Ernest, yep, check, check, check. Like, that's crazy. That that's is amazing. crazy, isn't it? Wow. How quick you can know. But here's yeah. the thing. Here's what turned it. Okay. Then Carson said the following. There's calm, clever Carson, and there's chaotic Carson. And here's what's wow. fascinating. In the episode, after the blind side... Carson says in interview, that was the chaotic part of me. So there it is. Carson, example of a player. There's somebody who says they're going to play and they play. Now take a look at Jam Jam with the idea of drive. What I wrote down was super likable, exclamation point three times. We were talking in his hair salon and he was so gregarious and so engaging. But then I wrote down something he said to me. He said, I created my own mold. I've been very successful in my life. For me, now I just want to test if I'm awesome at everything. I want the <laughs> pressure cooker. That's what I'm looking for. At everything. At everything. Exactly, Brittany. So that shows drive. Now, Jam Jam could be first voted out, second voted out. He'd go all the way to the end. It doesn't matter. He has the drive and he wants to be tested. It's another thing we're looking for. Then you have Carolyn. We got into a conversation about 
how she found out that being herself was the best way to be. And she said, I was led to believe that my personality was a fungus because I'm quirky and loud, but I'm not an actor or a character. I just have a bigger personality and I've learned it's okay to be as myself. And then she said the key, I want to play as myself. And that's what we're seeing. She's gesticulating and eye rolling. That's who she is. She's also the person who found the idol and nobody knows. So Carolyn showed us authenticity and she's living it. So I'm, uh, those are just three examples. They're completely different people, Carson, Jam Jam, and Carolyn. So there's no thing we're looking for, but what they all had in common is they were themselves. They had drive. They were compelling. They wanted to play. All right, well, that's a look inside the Survivor casting process. I hope it was interesting. And if you're a future player, hopefully it made it a little easier. Just be you. But I want to close with this. Speaking on behalf of the entire team, we are grateful to the over 600 people who have played Survivor. We have great careers. We have great lives because of them. And great players make great seasons. They create great moments and they inspire us with their stories and how they push themselves. And we see ourselves and learn about ourselves through their adventures and we appreciate it. All right, up next, your questions and one lucky person gets to tell me why I suck. Be right back. Welcome back to On Fire with Jeff Probst. Time for your questions. What do you got, Jay? If you have a question, you can email us at survivorshoutout at cbs.com. I will read those questions. I will maybe read them here on air like this one. For years, I have shouted at the TV when in the last few moments of a challenge during a tight ending, there is no split screen. Why is there no split screen? <laughs> From Jenny. Okay, so she means like she wants to see like tribe A versus tribe B. Uh, I mean... It's not a bad idea for sure. All right, Brittany, let's we've done this once before. Let's just walk through it. So here's a here's a positive. Okay. You could see everything happening at once. So if there were three tribes and they each have one ball left, you know, you would see how close they were. Sure. The downside is it's gonna split your focus. So we're not directing you to any point of view in a story. We're just letting you watch all monitors at all times, which means you can't really cut to a close-up of a panicked face right. or dirt on the fingernails. You can't have a reaction of a tribe right. mate. We're not painting a picture. You're just watching a live sporting event. There you go. Mm -hmm. It lacks point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't ever do this, but I will say there right now might be one of our editors going, probes, just give us a shot at the split screen and we're going to blow your <laughs> You're mind. You're probably right. <laughs> All that matters is coming at it with an intention. All right, Jenny, this is something to think about. All right, here's question two. How did you come up with those phrases from the Beware Advantage? I'm as confused as a goat on AstroTurf from Gigi. <laughs> well, that was a fun process. I remember we sent out an email and our entire team just, we just said, think of crazy phrases that would be impossible <laughs> to say in a survivor setting and not sound like you're cuckoo. I, I even called a buddy, uh, Lopez, and said, give me the wackiest, nonsensical phrase you can think of right now. And he didn't know why. And he's the one that came up with the bunny rabbit, which Marianne had to really? say like three or four times. <laughs> so good. But then we just went through the list and we literally, we just said, imagine these three together. Like, how weird is this going to be for them to try to sell it? And then those are the ones that we 
chose. I mean, come on, Jay. How good a job do we have? Uh, it was <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> All right, last question. Jeff, do you think your questions at Tribal Council have ever directly changed the results of the vote? All right, that's slightly leading question. Who wrote that? Shelby. Okay, Shelby. It's a little leading, but I get I get her point. Have I ever asked a question that has somehow impacted the result at Tribal? 100% happens all the time. But I don't think it's the question I ask. I really don't because I ask the same basic questions every Tribal. Who, what, when, where, why? Obviously, they're situational and contextual and all that stuff. Shelby, I think the answer to the question is this. It isn't the questions that I ask. It's what the player does with it that matters. So treat every question as an opportunity. All right, Brittany, I know how much you love this. <laughs> it is my favorite segment of the show. This is why you suck. This is why you suck. All right, here we go. Um, Jeff, please no more analogies. You're not good at them, and the ones you use are annoying. We want to hear what the players think, not how the game is somehow like the movie Jaws. It's Survivor. It's not a shark. I, I remember that analogy. Bert. Bert. I remember that. I thought the Jaws one was really good. All right. Here's the truth. This one does actually hurt. And the reason it hurts is that I know I suck at analogies. I say it on location all the time. I'll make an analogy and I'll go, God, I'm the worst at analogies. <laughs> so all the other haters are now going to look for my bad analogies even more. But I, I do take a little exception with Bert that they can't ever serve a purpose. I don't agree with that. I know that's not what he's upset about. But I think analogies, by definition, are to help you see something in a comparable light, but in a different way. But, you know, hey, Bert is probably super bright. He's witty. Analogies roll off his tongue. Everybody <laughs> likes him. And Survivor is just an amusing way for him to spend an hour. But Bert... This is my life. <laughs> this is what I do all year. This is all I got. So imagine being me. And my memory is terrible. So I forget lots of things, including that I suck at analogies, which is why I continue to make them. So there will be more to come. Bert, so there. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. All right. Next week on On Fire with Jeff Probst, we're going to take a deep dive inside the world of challenges. How do we make the challenges? Where do the ideas come from? Why do we have challenges in the show? We'll talk about it all. And if you're enjoying this podcast, they keep reminding me to ask you to rate and review it because <laughs> that is how it spreads the word. And, uh, lets everybody know that we're on. All right. Remember, Survivor's on every Wednesday at 8, 7 central on CBS Paramount Plus. New episode next week and then a new episode of this podcast. See you then. Bye.